1: welcome into the Post Vikings Rams Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here, along with Judd Zolgad. The Rams fall twenty-four to seven to the Minnesota Vikings, putting the Vikings at an eight and two record following this week. Judd, uh, what was your instant reaction? Big picture takeaway before we get into the quarterback situation. Sure. Before we get into uh, the nuances of this game, big picture takeaway: the Vikings are eight and two after beating one of the best teams in the NFC uh my big picture takeaway
0: was wow that is an impressive big boy win because my whole thing all year long has been you can't discredit the vikings for beating the ravens and the browns and you lost to pittsburgh so you said to yourself okay that was a that was a big boy game on the road and you lost that game so i as The winning streak grew to five. The one thing I said, and as I told you a couple times, I was excited about this game because this game was going to give us an accurate read, I believe, on where this team was, at least in its conference. And that, that was impressive. Um, Big picture takeaway, too, is this this defense is just lights out. This defense got basically done on the Rams' first drive, and the Rams came in averaging 34 plus points per game, most in the league. Nine plays, first drive, they went right down to the field and scored, and you said, ooh, that's interesting. Fifteen scripted plays, So, so six short of the script. But nonetheless, you said, okay, that's impressive. Now is this going to continue or not? Not only did it not continue, this Vikings defense is – And and we knew this, but I'm just saying this once again signified how legit this, this defense is. So my two takeaways are that's a really impressive big boy. You can make a real dent in the playoffs type win. And not surprisingly, the defense was fantastic.
1: And there were many moments from the defense from causing a turnover at the one-yard line to blitzing and causing Jared Goff to throw inaccurate passes that were just flat-out impressive. I mean, Everson Griffin was mostly taken out of this game, but at one point, Daniil Hunter sacked both the right tackle and Jared Goff on the same play, and there were a couple things that I noticed that I, I think the Vikings wanted to blitz on the side where Todd Gurley wasn't and either make Gurley come across the formation to block or come from one side to the other to block the blitzer, or to make Jared Goff pick up on that hot read really quickly, and he wasn't able to do it. There was two examples that I can think of, one where Harrison Smith, before the play, ran over to Mackenzie Alexander and told him to blitz, and then he came after Goff. Goff had to escape and throw it away. And then there was another one where Terrence Newman was following the wide receiver in motion like he was going to be in man coverage, but then Newman realized that uh, Gurley was on the other side, so he just blitzed, and I don't even think he was supposed to. It It didn't look like a designed blitz because the wide receiver, when he was out way out, Newman was there with him, so he wouldn't have blitzed all the way off the edge like that. Just he, he made that decision, it seemed, on his own, which really speaks to the comfort with the defense, the intelligence of these players. I mean, you have some of the smartest players on defense in the entire NFL, and it was a mismatch for Jared Goff to be going against a defense that has this much talent, this much intelligence and skill, and minus Anderson Deho, they were most, mostly healthy i mean Mm -hmm. anthony harris comes up with the big play at the goal line but having everyone be healthy for the majority of this year outside of an exception here or there and going into this final stretch healthy is such a huge deal for this defense Now, now Rhodes did hurt his calf in
0: the second quarter He went out briefly, came back in, was hobbled, and I said to you going into uh, the third, I said I would go right at him. They did exactly once. Harrison Smith busted his tail, busted his butt uh, to help out in coverage there, Mm -hmm. and it didn't happen again. So even when you have some guys banged up and slowed, Harrison Smith is so good, and it's so impressive. It is Among the things that that Minnesota sports fans get right now that's just a pleasure is the ability to watch this guy, especially in person, week after week after week. Because this defense as a whole is really good. Its scheme is very, very good. But Harrison
1: Smith is just a special player. There were multiple occasions where he came up to the line of scrimmage and Jared Goff made his reads and made his checks and changes at the line, Mm -hmm. and then Harrison dropped back, and Goff looked totally stunned. Mm -hmm. And then they took delay of games. And, look, I mean, this place is extremely loud, so I don't want to take away from that impact that that probably affected him. But when he's up there trying to make all those changes and then – the, the safeties are where it starts with quarterback reads when you go up to the line of scrimmage you first look are they playing the two safeties or are they playing one and you decide is the middle of the field going to be open or is the middle of the field going to be closed so if you go up there and you think okay the middle is closed so we're going to go to the outsides and then harrison drops back to now have middle open and two deep safeties, that changes what you want to do as a quarterback. Definitely. Now the best quarterbacks might be able to adapt there, but you're talking about a second year player and it just seemed to confuse him all day and frustrate him. And they end up taking those two big penalties. I would also say this, Judd that this defense in this building to give the crowd credit or whatever it might be. We've seen all sorts of quarterbacks come in here and just have nightmare days. Aaron Rodgers wasn't that good when we still believed the Eli Manning before things went off the edge last year. That was a good Giants team. He struggled last year. We saw Goff today, we saw a Breeze on opening week. It seems like this place is just a nightmare for opposing teams to play. I think that's true. Yeah, and and this defense is so
0: good that if you I think Collar, if you give them an advantage at all, just even slight It's huge. Uh, So what I would say, though, back to your question to open the podcast, is big picture, and I said this going into today, what I felt was in the next four days we are going to have a read on this team. And I would say step one is this is a Super Bowl contending team now without a doubt in my mind. I went into today saying, okay, let's see, right? I mean, the Rams are good. The Rams can potentially score points. Uh, There aren't that many good teams on a week-to-week basis that you play and that doesn't mean that that your wins don't mean something they do but this today gave gave me step one to say this is a legitimate now NFC Super Bowl contender without a doubt
1: I agree 100% now here's where I would uh, maybe go a different direction sure. is I won't change my opinion on this team no matter what happens on Thursday because Thursday games are BS and there's no way teams can properly recover. I mean, think about the physicality, to use a real football word, of this game. Think about this offensive line that had to go against Aaron Donald all day, and there were times where he was taking Vikings offensive linemen and throwing them. And they didn't get a sack. They did not get a sack, amazingly, but Donald was a beast. Like, Make no no mistake, he was causing havoc in the middle of the line all day. You're playing an extremely good defense. You're playing a, a dangerous offense. I mean, this is a type of game that takes a lot out of you, and to turn right around in such a short amount of time without much of an opportunity to game plan either, I think that if you go into that game in Detroit and you win 30 nothing, lose 30 nothing, I'm going to stay with how I feel about this team right now, but I do agree that you should look at them as one of the three best teams in the NFC, I think, and maybe four, I think at the very top is the Vikings, the Eagles, and the New Orleans Saints had a great win against Washington today, too. Mm-hmm. They, just like the Vikings had a close win against Washington. So I'll put them up there and then Seattle, too.
0: Sacrilege, by the way. The Thursday take is a solid one except for this. The Thanksgiving games are perfect. I love the Thanksgiving
1: Day games. Oh, I like the So do exist. not rip the Thursday Thanksgiving Day games. I'm saying I don't judge... This team, yes. if, they, if they lay a, an egg out there or they crush them, I'm not going to to change how I feel about it. I now, mean if, the one good thing, though, is game planning-wise, you don't
0: have to do a lot because it's a division opponent. Yes. So you don't have to like go watch a ton of film. So if you are going to get a Thursday game, getting a division game is actually a good thing here. But my only point was if the Vikings had lost to the Rams and then went to Detroit and lost, we might think, oh, man, we thought they were good, but this is a problem and that's a problem. All I'm saying is that after today, it, this leads me down the path of, this is without a question, a Super Bowl contending
1: type team. Okay, before we get into the quarterback situation, want to go through a couple other things. So we touched on how great the defense was today. The offensive line and Latavius Murray averaging 6.5 yards per carry today, 6.3 to be exact. Two touchdown runs inside the red zone. I, I got a tweet asking me if we should not only consider this offensive line good, but maybe one of the best in the NFL, I'm going to go with yes. I think that the way they are playing, and especially being able to run the ball like they did today, 4.9 yards a carry, they ran the ball 35 times, and Jared Goff didn't touch the, the ball at all, it seemed. I mean, at times. There were long, long stretches. It ended up being something like 37 minutes of possession time for the Vikings. So that... was a major reason why the rams wore down and why the rams also weren't able to score and why the vikings defense was fresh was this offensive line dominating especially in the run and then once again giving up no sacks it's the reason they're as good as they are i think it is the number one reason that this offense is this good because of the offensive line six consecutive
0: games without a sack they had now now keenum deserves credit because he does move around well but nonetheless. Six consecutive games. Think about last year. They have gone six consecutive games, and uh, uh, Tom West, the the Vikings assistant PR guy or PR director, uh, gave out some stat where it's like five sacks and 290 attempts or something like that. It's ridiculously good. Um, I got news for you right now. If this continues, I got news for you. A guy that we criticized a lot, and probably deservedly so, is in line for NFL Executive of the Year, Rick Spielman. Everything he has done so far with this team uh, sitting at 8-2, and two, so it's 8-2, and two, it's not a complete season yet, but everything he has done personnel-wise just about has worked. And they rebuilt that offensive line. They drafted a center. They signed a couple of tackles. They, they went out last year and picked uh, Rashad Hill, who played right tackle today off the Jacksonville practice squad. Latavius Murray they brought in. If you look at the personnel moves, what Spielman did as GM uh, to give this team – a real chance he should be in line for at least consideration for executive of the year. And I didn't even get to the fact that he's the one who signed Case Keenum to a one-year contract. And we'll, we'll talk about it. But nonetheless, Case Keenum has started the overwhelming majority of games for a team, that, for a club that's won eight games this year.
1: And uh, when you look at uh, Latavius Murray, at first it was seeming like that signing wasn't going to mean a whole lot. But over the last four games, he's had three very good performances, 113 yards against Baltimore. Last week against Washington, he goes 17 for 68 yards and a touchdown. And then in this game, 95 yards, two touchdowns, including a 34-yard run. And all of a sudden, this is not a guy who is going to replace Delvin Cook. You need both running backs to really replace Delvin Cook because he's that good. But this is a guy that's doing exactly what he was brought here to do to pound the ball in the end zone, which he does seem to have a talent for, and then also to just provide them with kind of a two-headed monster there, and they've done that and had a running game to support Case Keenum. And the other thing, Judd, because I'm with you with Rick Spielman and Executive of the Year and how many changes needed to be made on the offensive side to go from an offense that was mostly inept last season and was demolished by poor offensive line play to be able to fix it like they have is pretty rare because I looked around at the league at some other teams that needed offensive line fixes, and they're still bad. Not the Rams in particular because they got Andrew no, Whitman. The, Giant, the Giants held firm. The Giants basically said,
0: we're going to stick with this line, and that line stunk. And I think one of the starting points for why the Giants are such a colossal bust this year is based on the fact that they did not address that that line. And you know what? Uh, Seattle went out and made a trade finally for a left tackle, but Seattle was the same way. Mm-hmm. The, all these, te- all these teams that were obstinate about no, we can find linemen, we'll do this, do that. I give the Vikings a lot of credit for saying this thing was a colossal mess, and we're not going to allow that to repeat itself. Good for them.
1: Uh, the other thing, Adam Thielen, uh, week after week after week, they show on the broadcast. That- <laughs> from minnesota state and undrafted and look now he good i mean that's all cute uh but i think now instead of talking about a guy a little engine that could who made it we're talking about where does he rank in the nfl among top wide receivers and i don't see him in the category of julio jones and antonio brown who i think are hall of fame wide receivers and rise far above the crowd But I think he's right there with the next group, with the Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, right there. And I will still continue to say that is true for both Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, and they play off of each other. And it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, Diggs comes back from his injury. And all of a sudden, Thielen goes nuts for those two games. He was good when Diggs was gone, mm-hmm. but he's been amazing these last two weeks.
0: Thielen's ability to get open just amazes me. And if you, you come to a game here live and watch it, just watch him. What, he never stops. And it's almost like when, when you watch him, when a play starts to break down, it's almost like he is is playing schoolyard football. He just continues to move and move and move. And the great thing is, For the most part, if the pass is thrown in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. But his unwillingness to give up on a route or give up on a play and continually go where he needs to go uh, to be an option is really fun to watch. And it seems like, oh, yeah, duh, he gets paid lots of cash to to do that. That should be simple. You see a lot lot of guys who, when the play starts to go south, are like, well, I was open and now I'm not. Adam Thielen's willingness to make himself a target consistently is a huge, huge thing.
1: And there's another thing, too, that he's got a route that is not stoppable, it seems. The slant-and-go route. We saw it, you remember, even in Houston. Uh, That might have been more of a traditional double move, if I remember, but where it just looks like he's going to run a shorter route over the middle And then he turns on the gas and just flies and gets open. And we saw him last week against Washington do it, where all is the quarterback you have to do is just drop the ball in there because he's so wide open. He's shaking the guy. He has this ability to get his entire body turned into the slant route and then slam on the brakes and go the opposite direction while the defensive back has gotten in position to jump a slant route. Yes, It's an amazing, amazing skill, and it just can't be stopped. And if you're a cornerback and you start playing off him on that slant, they're just going to run that instead, and then he can run after the catch.
0: Yes, and and he is a classic guy, too, of I I don't know what what he ran in the the, uh, 40 for the scouts, but he's a classic guy, too, of he's got football speed. Like, you know, I don't know if, if he can run a straight line impressively or not. I also don't give a crap about that. But when he gets the ball and he takes off, he is fast, really fast.
1: I think he was like a 4 40 coming out so i that that probably caught their attention was one of the things with his size
0: combination but he gets the the ball and he takes off so he's really his his story again is what now he came from where
1: uh minnesota state
0: mankato okay can i ask you a question (laughs) uh there's a there's only one division one college in this town that plays football they're called the golfers Mm -hmm. and they play now they used to play in the metrodome great culture and they moved to tcf bank stadium and their mascot His name is Goldie. He's one of the best. So why wouldn't Adam Thielen have played for them?
1: Uh, I don't think that they wanted him. Or anyone else in Division One wanted him either. I mean the big thing with Adam a great story. Yeah, the big thing with Adam Thielen is just that uh, he's made progress. He's continued to make progress. And last year, I I wrote it in the off season, I said it to you. It's not a fluke. You watch the tape, it's not a fluke. You could see, and the All-22 tape is so great because you can watch from up top and you see routes that guys are running, and he was just open last year and open last year and making tough catches. So he's continued to get better. I mean, that's what happened to him at Mankato, right? He came in as a kid that that, that other schools were recruiting as a basketball player, and they gave him a little scholarship, and then he just got better and better and better, and here he is. Now emerging as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So Should we get to it? Another amazing performance. Should we get to it uh, You mean it now? Kai Forbath?
0: Should we get to it? Should we talk about it? For,
1: I mean, Forbath missing two I field to goals.
0: <laughs> I, I joined the scrum. Very small scrum, but I joined it. Two misses. Two misses, Will. There are certain things, Matthew Collar, that will be your undoing in January, and that is one of them. Cannot be missing two field goals, both makeable, even when you win by the score the Vikings did today. You can't be missing two field okay, goals. Okay,
1: I don't want to talk about the kicker. Let's talk Let's about get to it. Case Keenum's Ba-da-da-da-da. performance today. Ooh. I will give you his stat line. He Kay. went 27 for 38, 280 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. <laughs> give me a grade on Case Keenum's play today A, B, C, D, or F if you're insane.
0: Oh, yeah. No I mean, I would, no one's giving him an F. No. But
1: a, B, C, or D, um, where would you put Case Keenan's performance against the Rams? Uh, a few questionable passes. I'd
0: give him a B, though. I felt he got a B. And he, didn't, he did not, unlike the Baltimore game and the Cleveland game, and the Washington game, there wasn't one half where I said, oh, boy, that was not good. I mean, the first half of Baltimore and Cleveland, he was bad. The second half of Washington, he wasn't necessarily bad, but he threw those two picks that were just brutal. I, he didn't have that half today um I'd give him a B I, I think a B is fair
1: I think a B is fair too I also think that a lot kind of went his way and that might not always and we said some of that last week but you know the throw that goes uh over Adam Thielen's head on the slant and go route Thielen has to make an incredible catch he makes an inaccurate throw to Michael Floyd who has to make an incredible catch But these are the players that you have, so they're able to do that. I mean, these guys are able to run 65 yards after the catch. If you think about his day, and I know you can't just subtract anything, but if you think about his day without a 65-yard touchdown, which is literally just a throw out to the flat, and then Thielen runs the rest of the way because he's great at football, Mm -hmm. you're talking about a very mediocre day from your quarterback, but he didn't throw the ball away, and he didn't cost you And then your defense took care of business and your running game took care of business and everything went right for you. So, yeah, B makes sense. He wasn't throwing into tight windows and gunning the ball all over the place. But I think all the things that have gone right for him throughout this entire year... The scheme was terrific. Outside of a wildcat play, don't ever do that again, Pat Shermer.
0: He just—they well, won't. I'm telling you, Sprano gets it once once a month. It's the, it must be in Sprano's contract. <laughs> we'll run the old wildcat, and, and today it was Latavius Murray instead of Jarek McKinnon. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on
1: that. There's uh, there's one guy that I always look at where I thought where I think about how good Pat Shermer's scheme is, and that's Kyle Rudolph, who had five catches today, and I believe three of them are for first downs, or four of them are for first downs they seem to always be able to find him in play action or in the flat where they scheme to get him open for just enough yards to get the first down. And that's one of the great things that Pat Shermer does. But they scored seven points in the first half. They didn't throw the ball away. And then Adam Thielen made sure you won the game. I thought it was a a solid performance by Case Keenum. But there was also something that Mike Zimmer said, after the game that I would wholeheartedly agree with.
0: And in fact, you brought this up at the time it was thrown. It's the, uh, if you go back to the first half, there's a play in which Keenum, to his credit, does a fantastic job of avoiding not one but two sacks, including one where he uh, essentially ducks under the Rams defender and makes him miss. And then Case decides to throw the ball. And Case throws the ball. The pass itself looked identical uh, to the pass he threw last week in a triple coverage to Rudolph that got picked off only this time it was not into triple coverage. Now, Keenum was asked post-game by our buddy Chip Scoggins, did you see Thielen on that play? And he joked, what, do you think I threw it to a guy I didn't see? Well, Zimmer was asked about that play, and I think the question was asked of, oh, my gosh, this was a miraculous Houdini play by Keenum. What do you think? And Zimmer's like, yeah, it had a good end result. So I followed up with, what's going through your head when he throws passes like that cuz he is prone to throw those passes i said is it oh boy i hope it works and zimmer's response was well i'm not thinking i hope it works and he sort of cut himself off so i came back with are you afraid it's going to get picked off cuz clearly that's the fear and zimmer ended that that comment with, with well case is, case has a horseshoe right now right now and horseshoe meaning he's being he's getting very lucky Right now, all of this is a long way of saying: if I see that bleeping pass again, I might go bench him immediately. Mike Zimmer hated that play, and I think it goes back to what we continue to talk about, which is: if you throw that pass on January fourteenth, where does it end up?
1: And, and, and the the mentality of Case Keenum sometimes is getting compared to someone like Brett Favre, which um, don't do that. For one, you just shouldn't really compare Brett Can I Favre say to something? anyone. We're- But go ahead, yeah.
0: I'm totally with you here. Uh, Phil has brought up that comparison, too, and I've seen it now more and more. Can we stop with that? I mean, he's. I understand a quarterback who takes risks. Your default is, oh, it looks like Brett did. But let's stop that because Brett Favre, when he threw the pick in 09 against the Saints, your wagon was hitched to him, all right? So you knew no matter how it ended for Brett Favre in 09, whether that be with a Super Bowl title or like it did, with him basically breaking your heart, Matthew, that was his team. And it was his right, unfortunately, for that, for something went wrong. That was on Favre, but it was also Favre got you there. Case Keenum didn't get you here. So, like, to draw these comparisons, I I understand it's easy, but it's nowhere comparable.
1: Well, and, and I So think, I'm, I'm totally with you on this. I think of it with the gunslinger thing from Favre, too, as also being, well, two things. You can look at how many interceptions Favre threw, but that was pretty normal in that era of football to have guys throw 17, 18 interceptions or 20 interceptions in a year. All those quarterbacks of that era had that happen because that's the, the passing games were much different. Down the field a lot more was the design. And, of course, yes, he took a lot of risks, and also was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time by every statistical possible measure, has one of the greatest arms of all time, one of the greatest improvisers of all time, where instead you make it act... Sometimes people act like Favre just threw into quadruple coverage all the time, and that just was not the case at all. In fact, he was mostly gunning into tight windows that you couldn't believe he could have a strong enough arm to get it there. So I looked at that as totally different. He... Favre's unbelievable arm was the reason he made some of those passes, because he believed in that arm, not because he was just launching it up because that's the type of quarterback he is. Keenum does not have a particularly strong arm. And when he throws a ball like that, there's a pretty good possibility that it is going to turn into a mistake. And I think that's what Mike Zimmer is referring to. That last week he did it on the move, he's running around, and this is a thing we give him credit for, but throws an interception there that ball when he threw it I I think I said out loud in the press box oh no when he threw that up and Thielen just went up and got it but that's a play that you routinely see intercepted so outside of that Keenum has a pretty solid game manager type of game but there were a few times where you could look at it and say, gosh, he got bailed out there or he really shouldn't have made that throw. And these things, I think, are probably going through Mike Zimmer's head. Now, with that said, Judd, he's starting Thursday. I don't think there's any question about that.
0: Yes, he is. And, and he deserves to. But what's going, what's going through Zim's head when, when it comes to case is it's working right now. But everybody in sports knows that if you truly believe it's being done with, with some form of, of horseshoe, and that might be 50%, it might be 75%, it might be 25%, but you know that that's going to go away. And so, so my point back to the FARB thing was, when you had Favre as your quarterback, he was your guy, and it was for better or for worse, but he was your guy. There was, you were not going to bench him. You were not going to lift him, and he was a Hall of Fame quarterback. What is actively going, and I think what people are having problems with trying to comprehend is what's actively going through Zimmer's head right now is what if he does that in a playoff game? And what if that pass, what if that weak, wobbly pass gets picked? You know, I can only ask my defense to do so much. And, you know, make no mistake. This team is built around what appears to be and what I think is a great defense and what is a productive, good offense with an offensive line that is damn good. But as far as your links go, I'm sorry, if, you, if you're if you the Vikings, and this is quite clear, they don't look at the quarterback right now and say this is our strongest link. They just don't. And And we can argue about it. We can debate it. We can go back and forth. It's fun to talk about. But I can tell you unequivocally that Mike Zimmer doesn't sit there and say, I love my quarterback. Mm -hmm. He sits there and says he continues to win. He's doing a good job. I can't lift him. But in Mike Zimmer's heart of hearts, there is, I think, a lot of concern about what's going to happen. Because he knows that this team has enough components to get to a Super Bowl. And one of the main primary things, and we've seen this before, that can undo you is quarterback play.
1: Well, so now looking down the road, what do we think about a possible Teddy Bridgewater return? because this at least delays us for a week for him returning. If they go into Detroit and win that game and he plays the same football game, maybe it's the same sort of line, right? And uh, some of the same things happen because they do. Thielen and Diggs make big plays. They scheme balls open. They get running game. These are things that happen almost every single week with this team now. I think the decision continues to get harder and harder as they win, and then you're pushing it back farther and farther down the road. And you want to find out just where Teddy stands, not even thinking about 2018, but thinking about the potential of this offense, whether it has the potential to be very good right now with some concerns at the quarterback position or whether it has a chance to be incredible and win the Super Bowl good, which if Teddy Bridgewater is the same player he was in 2015, you plug him in with all these advantages that, that we don't know. We don't know how far away he is from that. But if he's the same player, I think you are at the very top of the list in the NFC. You are the best team in the NFC going away with this defense. If Bridgewater isn't ready and he's rusty, then maybe you get the same level of play. Maybe you get below that level. But the one thing at least you know is that you could always turn back to case and that's not going to be a problem. So now looking forward, Judd, how are you seeing this play out?
0: Well, um, Jay Glazer of Fox has reported uh, twice now within the past week that it's going to take basically a hiccup game for Keenum to be taken out. Um, Jay Glazer works out with players. He's best friends with coaches. He's not a reporter. He he is a guy who talks to people um, as their friend, and they share information with him that that they don't necessarily share with the chefters of the world. Therefore, I firmly believe he's absolutely correct. I think what we're looking at is a hiccup game for Keenum, not even a complete meltdown. I think if he has a bad half again now, he's out. Um, I also think, and here's here's something else that has occurred to me about this entire thing. I also really believe that Zimmer loves guys that he knows and can predict. When he calls Keenum an excitable guy, that means I can't predict what he's going to do. That means I don't trust him. He knows, in the case of Teddy, that even if Teddy comes in and he's rusty, Teddy is not going to throw balls up in the air and get them picked off. Teddy will be Teddy will start off conservative, which might sound really boring, but Zimmer will like that. Teddy might open it up a little bit as he gets better and more comfortable, but I think what we're talking about, I really do, Collard, from, is from a starting point of, who do I trust? And I think if you were to sit Mike down with a bottle of Chardonnay tonight and say, Mike, drink the Chardonnay and let's talk football. And you said, offensively, who do you trust right now? Bridgewater or Keenum? And I'm talking about trust. I'm not talking about going out and making great plays. I'm not talking about these, you know, 300-yard passing games. I'm talking about flat out, your defense is kick-ass. Offensively, who do you trust not not to screw it up? I think he would say Bridgewater. I really do. And so I think the transition, I think we keep thinking of this sometimes as Teddy's going to step in, and Teddy could play great, and if Teddy plays great, and that's all, that's all well and good, and that might be down the road totally true. But Keenum throws one or two passes a game that I think makes Mike Zimmer want to puke, and I think he knows in his heart Bridgewater won't throw those passes. And that right now, two days we sit here with an 8-2 and two team, to me is a big difference for him.
1: Let's play agree or disagree. All right. Agree or disagree, the Vikings will win at least two out of the three games that they have going on the road here. They're going to play Detroit on the road and then Atlanta on the road and then Carolina on the road.
0: Uh, I will agree because I picked, I actually said through this stretch of the Rams, the Lions, and the Falcons, three and one. So I will continue on that theme, and I will say that, that that I agree with what you just said.
1: Agree or disagree, if they're trailing against the Lions on Thanksgiving, that's when we see Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Uh, given the reporting that's being done by people that would probably know, I will agree. I've said the Falcons game, but yeah, if he's struggling at halftime on Thursday, that sets up a nice little transition and don't forget too. It also provides the luxury then of, of that next Sunday off. So preparing Bridgewater with some game action for the Falcons
1: agree or disagree. The Rams kind of a fraud. Yeah. You know what that schedule, much like the Viking schedule, there were a lot
0: of opponents on that Ram schedule that I questioned. So I will I will agree with that. Now, in this league, it doesn't mean that they won't have a playoff run in them. But for right now, I'm going to agree with that.
1: Jared Goff did not impress really at all at any point in this game outside of the first drive. And I wouldn't say that he even impressed then. I'm wondering if Goff is really like in the category of Kirk Cousins, where you think that the scheme and the weapons are the main reason that this player is good. And maybe not so much that he's throwing laser beams all over the place. Because even when this team has had good performances against great quarterbacks, you see throws where you go, wow, Drew Brees, what a throw. Wow, Aaron Rodgers, what a throw. I never had that moment here. I mean, it might be just a Vikings defense shutting down young quarterbacks like they do. But I was just never really all that impressed.
0: Do you agree with me on this one? I think of the quarterbacks that we've seen uh, play here uh, against the Vikings this year. The one that impressed me the most with, was uh, Matthew Stafford. Breeze was opening night, and the Saints didn't play well. And it, he wasn't bad, but Matthew Stafford's the one guy who, in a noisy environment where it can be really tough with, with this defense, came in here and he started defiant, which I love. And he started like "bleep you all," and he just completes passes. And he might not be great, but he's but. It's impressive. Goff seemed to me to be in that category, and we've seen quite a few guys like that who get rattled. He just got rattled. And it's like that first drive. That first drive was perfect, too, because it went nine plays, and it was pretty long, and it shut the building up. And so you're like, oh, boy, that's that's good. And then after that, it got loud, and Goff just seemed to be in that bin of guys who who are sort of panic-stricken, and you're like, okay, that's not great. That's not a you, you don't you don't look like a ready for primetime quarterback when you look as hurried and panicked. And I get I get that the Vikings defense is really really good, but there was a certain level of moxie that was missing to his play today that did not impress me.
1: Agree or disagree? The Vikings should be considered outside of the quarterback position the best team in the NFL. They have the best roster outside of the quarterback position, because clearly Tom Brady would even the playing field no matter what. From top to bottom, position by position, they're the best.
0: Oh, boy. As we sit here right now, because as they always do, things have changed for a lot of teams um, in the past few weeks. I would need to think about that, but I could see being very close to agreeing with it. I mean, if you think about how good this defense is right now, Um, If you think about this offensive line, which which is the key, as as we learned last year and now uh, again this year, to the success of any offense to operate, I'd be close to agreeing. I mean, it's I'm trying to think off the top of my head who who would who would surpass them right now as we sit here with the Vikings at eight and two. Philadelphia is really good or they look really good. But I mean, this is a pretty complete team outside, as you just said. Of the quarterback, and oh, by the way, the kicker, too.
1: Stop with the kicker. Why You're are you guys why, with kickers? Why are you not obsessed with, because with kickers? Because win great. And, they win and lose games for you, though. He's been great, though. He missed uh, one field he missed goal the whole time he was here before today. But he missed two today, and he's
0: had a trouble on PAT. All I'm saying is that don't underestimate the ability of a kicker to kick you right in the you know what's when it matters most. I
1: don't think that would ever happen to the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Thanks, long time Bills guy. Sorry. Sorry.
1: We should end this on a better note than that. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, we're calling them Super Bowl contenders.
0: (laughs) They looked fantastic. I mean, I I still feel foolish for uh, five games in last year, getting as excited as I did for how badly they collapsed. But, man, this seems like way more of a complete team. The quarterback, I'm not even concerned about the position. I think it's intriguing. But when you look at this defense right now and when you look at what this team has done offensively to morph itself into a – good offense it's an impressive team there there is no there is no being down on what this team has done personnel wise to uh, to get themselves to eight and two
1: And and I would say on that note the conversation about Case and Teddy is always really looking forward to the playoffs and looking forward to the full potential of this offense rather than to say that Case Keenum hasn't done a good job that's not what I would say and let me give you one quick thing as cool and
0: as magical as we thought, uh, the case passed to Thielen was that he's tossed up there after avoiding two sacks. I honestly think Zimmer would tell you, I'd rather see him take the sack there. Mm-hmm. I'd rather yep, see him just, take, just accept your fate and either, I, either throw it out of bounds, which he does at times and which is very smart, or take the sack. I'd rather see you lose 10 yards than lose the football.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you're ever going to get Case to stop doing that once the real bullets and, are flying. No matter what, how many times you tell him, yes. he's going to be himself when he goes out there. But himself, that that's the point I want to make is that, um, you know, every time we talk about this, I get the same emails, I get the same tweets of, what's your problem with Case? Why do you hate Case? I think Case Keenum has done an amazing job for the position that he was put in and a win like today, is really not something you ever would have expected when they had to turn to the backup quarterback to come in and not only beat the Rams but beat them handily, a team that was tops in the NFL in scoring and then one of the best in scoring against. It's just I think you need to find out where Teddy is, and it's a very delicate situation of how to do that. And I don't think that there's a single person we can judge it from uh, mike zimmer 's reaction, or we can judge it from whoever you talk to i don 't think that there 's anyone that thinks that Keenum is the more skilled quarterback it 's just how long do you stick with him, especially considering teddy 's injury and what he 's coming back from right and to my
0: point, what i 'm trying to say here is that that the realization has to be that if if Zimmer has a choice, does he want a quarterback who has played pretty well? and is going to drive 70 in the fast lane, or or does he want the quarterback who's going to get on the freeway, get in the right lane, and go 55, he's going to take the latter. At this point, he's going to take the guy who goes 55 because that guy is going to give him what he expects. I think there's a foreboding, and it's probably rightfully so, from the head coach of the Vikings right now that I don't know exactly what this guy is going to do, and that keeps him up nights, and I'm not kidding.
1: All right. Let me ask you because uh, Courtney and I will probably podcast again before the Lions game, but uh, you and I probably won't catch up barring some big breaking news. Do you think they win at Detroit?
0: I actually do now. Yes, yes. I think they go into Detroit now. Now Xavier Rhodes injured his calf in the second half or the second quarter. He came back and played. He was certainly um, uh, slowed the rest of the game. I'm curious to see if he plays. But yes, I think with the way this team is playing right now. I'm not a huge Detroit guy. I think they do win at Detroit. And I think in this series of games going Rams, Detroit, and then Falcons, they they go they win two of the games at least.
1: Okay, we'll talk to you all again soon on Aye. the Purple Podcast. Love your kickers. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23. This holiday, whether you're
0: making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply.
1: Get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.